Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records and the hour of toe-tapping music from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. This is a very special edition of Rapidly Rotating Records, as you'll hear in the fourth segment, but we've also got birthday salutes for Jules Levy, Lee Sims, and Parker Gibbs, and we may have time at the end for a recitation. But first, on last week's show, I meant to play and announced Mary Lou by Harold L. Reeder on the Wurlitzer at the Tivoli Theater in Newark, New Jersey. But, as some of you let me know, I actually played the flip side of that record in A Little Spanish Town, composed by Mabel Wayne. I also played Can't You Understand by Jimmy Joy and his orchestra, but I said the vocalist was unidentified. Well, his name doesn't appear on the label of Brunswick 4640, but the vocalist was, in fact, Orville Andrews, who played guitar and banjo in the band. So, to try to make up for that slight, and because it's just a nice record, here's Orville Andrews again, with Jimmy Joy and his orchestra, singing From Monday On.
Jimmy Joy and his orchestra with the vocal by Orville Andrews with From Monday On from Brunswick 3905, recorded in Chicago on March 19, 1928. From Monday On was written by Harry Barris and Bing Crosby. Now, on to this week's show. April 24th marked the birth in 1838 in London, England of Isaac Jacob Jules Levy to David Levy and Marla Franks. The story goes that as a five-year-old child, Levy wanted to play the cornet, but the family couldn't afford an instrument, so he practiced on just a mouthpiece until age 17, when he was finally able to purchase a used cornet from a pawn shop. The following year, he was performing with the band of the Grenadier Guards, and in 1860 was a soloist at the Princess Theater, playing his favorite piece, The Whirlwind Polka, which he had written specially for the engagement. He also performed with the Royal Opera House Orchestra and at the Crystal Palace and Floral Hall. Levy made concert tours all over Europe, and his American debut took place in 1865 at Boston Music Hall. In 1871, he joined the 9th Regiment Band, supposedly earning the astronomical sum of $10,000 a year. For nearly two years, he was a member of the court of Grand Duke Alexis, fourth son of Tsar Alexander II of Russia, during which time he composed his Grand Russian Fantasy. In 1876, Levy settled in the U.S. and joined Patrick Gilmore's band, playing at the Centennial International Exposition in Philadelphia, the first official World's Fair to be held in the U.S. He worked for Thomas Edison, promoting the phonograph and making test recordings, but also made a number of commercial recordings for Edison, including his composition, The Edison Phonograph Polka, in 1893, followed by dozens of recordings for Columbia and Victor, billed as the world's greatest cornetist of all time. Levy then moved to Elkhart, Indiana to work for musical instrument maker C.G. Kahn as a tester and taught cornet at the Kahn Conservatory of Music, but after a disagreement with Mr. Kahn, left to work for the Lion Healy Band Instrument Company in Chicago. Jules Levy died November 28, 1903 in Chicago and is buried at Mount Olivet Catholic Cemetery. There are lots of recordings out there by Jules Levy, most not even close to broadcast quality, but wanting to play something by Jules Levy himself, I offer you this. Do do with variations, composed and played by Jules Levy. Thank you. 
We started our little tribute to Jules Levy with his arrangement of the German folk song Du Du Liegst mir im Herzen, which translates as You, You Are in My Heart. It was made famous by Marlena Dietrich, but as announcer Harry Spencer told you, we heard Levy's Du Du with variations. That was recorded sometime around 1902, and though it's not exactly high fidelity, I wanted you to hear Jules Levy himself, so you can decide if you agree that he's the goat cornet player. Jules Levy also recorded his composition, Blue Bells of Scotland, but rather than subject you to another 120-plus-year-old record, I played a less-than-century-old recording of it by Constance Merring on September 23, 1927. Both takes 1 and 2 from that session were issued on Columbia 1318-D. We finished up with Jules Levy playing the Jules Levy composition, Our Own Make Polka. That's from Edison 80488, made April 20, 1917. So if Jules Levy died in 1903, how is it he recorded that in 1917? Well, he didn't. That was, in fact, Jules Levy Jr., himself an accomplished cornetist, who played with the Orpheus Quartet, the Tampa Blue Jazz Band, and led the Jules Levy Brass Quartet on a couple of recordings for Edison. Like his father, Jules Levy Jr. was also a composer of this tune.
Spread Yo Stuff, composed by Jules Levy Jr. and Paul Crane. That was Joseph Samuel's Music Masters. They recorded Spread Yo Stuff several times, for Edison on a blue amberol cylinder on January 20, 1921, for OK later in January, and around early February on the Regal label number 929, the record we just heard. The trumpeter on all three of those recordings? Jules Levy Jr. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. This past week, April 26th, marked the birth in 1905 in Toledo, Ohio, of Thomas Parker Gibbs, to Scott Gibbs, a letter carrier, and Cornelia Thomas. He took up the violin as a child, but a case of polio damaged his hands, leaving him unable to play. He was able to regain use of his hands by exercising them, fingering the keys on a saxophone and clarinet, the instruments with which he's most closely associated. Gibbs attended Jessup Scott High School in Toledo, where he was a member of the Webster Literary Society. The 1923 yearbook, titled The Scottonian, said of him... For a hard-working, loyal booster of every school enterprise, you'll look a long way to find one who can beat Park. His record as Thistle editor is worthy of note, and the spirit which he puts into everything from his sacks to carnivals has won him a place in our hearts. Gibbs furthered his education, graduating from Ohio State University. On April 3, 1930, he married Jane Eloise Miller, and they had daughters Lynn and Sue and sons Scott. Jane had her own career as a record promoter for Liberty Records, Doris Day, and Motown. When Gibbs left the Weems Band in 1942, he joined the National Broadcasting Company as a radio production director in Chicago and later New York, working on programs including Music from the Heart of America, The Today Show with Dave Garraway, the National Radio Fan Club, and the Fred Waring Song Fest. Parker Gibbs died August 7, 1975, in Tenafly, New Jersey. Here are three from Parker Gibbs. Depression got him, his stock and bottom, but he's smiling just the same. Poor Pete, poor Pete, sold his piccolo and changed his name. Here comes old Pan Handle Pete, hustling down the street. In again, out again, out again, in again, Pan Handle Pete. He rides the rails, been in the best of jails. In again, out again, out again, in again, Pan Handle Pete. Just a happy old hobo, having a heck of a time. Always singing this solo Hey mister, can you spare a dime? He's living free 
laughing at you and me. In again, out again, out again, in again, and handle me. Hallelujah, I'm a
Just as blue as my baby's eyes What a day for somebody and me What a day, bless my soul She's as sweet as a sugar bowl What a day for somebody and me Oh gosh, oh gee, this thing called love is driving me crazy I feel just like dancing round with a daisy What a day, hold that rice Come on, parson, and kiss her twice What a day for somebody and me What a record! What a day! Written by Harry Woods. Ted Weems and his orchestra, with Parker Gibbs taking the vocal honors on June 26, 1929, recorded in the former Trinity Church in Camden, New Jersey, with Take 3, issued on Victor 22038. I last played the recording of I Like to Hear a Military Band in 2011, so it's time we heard that Phil Baxter song again. Victor 22822 was recorded August 24, 1931, in a building at North Michigan Avenue and Oak Street in Chicago, known as the Rockefeller Block. It was designed by architect David Saul Clafter, who, without any formal training, took the Illinois State Exam for Architects and passed with a score that stood as a record for ten years. You've no doubt heard Piccolo Pete by Ted Weems and Parker Gibbs. It was also written by Phil Baxter and became so popular that about a year and a half after they recorded Piccolo Pete on June 28, 1929, Ted Weems, Frank Weldon, and James Cavanaugh wrote a follow-up song, Panhandle Pete, describing how the Great Depression had affected old Pete. Panhandle Pete was recorded December 19, 1932, and issued on Victor 24302. This very day, April 30th, marks the birth in 1898 in Champaign, Illinois, of Cleo Orville Sims to James Sims, a steam fitter, and his wife Flora, who, unusual for the time, was employed as a bookkeeper. The 1900 federal census lists Cleo as the couple's daughter, but in fact Cleo Orville Sims was their son, better known as pianist and composer Lee Sims. 
He grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where by age 11 he was accompanying silent movies, and while still in his teens, went to work for a pipe organ manufacturer, demonstrating instruments across the country. At 22, he settled in Chicago and began making piano rolls for the United States Piano Roll Company, followed by jobs as station manager for radio stations WTAS, KYW, and WBBM. He founded the Lee Sims School of Music, and one of his piano students was Isla Mae Bailey, a Juilliard-trained soprano originally from Kansas. They wound up becoming a team, both personally and professionally. Sims introduced Isla Mae on his late-night radio program called Piano Moods on the NBC affiliate WMAQ, and she was an instant hit. During the 1920s and 30s, Sims recorded approximately 60 sides for Brunswick, and published several books on modern piano technique. Following his radio and recording careers, he spent most of his time in his New York studio, where he taught piano and Isla May taught voice. He died May 7, 1966. Here are three from Lee Sims. Thank you. 
Lee Sims with I Wish I Could Shimmy Like My Sister Kate, written by Armand J. Perrone. Brunswick 4780 was recorded in Chicago in February of 1930, and unfortunately the trumpeter is unidentified. We started our tribute to Lee Sims with another of his long, elaborate introductory runs, which supposedly influenced Art Tatum, on Mine, All Mine, written by Herman Ruby, Ruby Cowan, and Sam H. Stepped. That's the A-side of Victor 3754, recorded in December of 1927. In between, we heard improvisation from Sims' five piano rhapsodies. Carlton L. Colby wrote the arrangement, and the orchestra was directed by William Wurgis. If that name sounds familiar, it's because Bill Wurgis was a pianist, bandleader, and composer, as well as a member of the Clico Club Eskimos. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. The marimba is generally believed to have been invented in southern Africa and brought to Central America in the 16th century by Africans taken there as slaves. Historic records show it being used by Mayan musicians in what is now Guatemala in 1680, played at ceremonies and celebrations and during the country's independence in 1821, it was declared the national instrument of Guatemala. Sebastian Hurtado was born in 1827 in Quetzaltenango, Guatemala, and began playing the marimba at a young age. In 1894, he invented the double-keyed or chromatic marimba in the shape of a piano keyboard which spans up to six and a half octaves and allows as many as seven marimbists to play at the same time. In 1896, he formed the Sebastian Hurtado and Sons Marimba Band, which traveled throughout Guatemala playing native Indian music for weddings, fiestas, and tribal ceremonies. But their repertoire was soon expanded to include classical works and popular music, waltzes, foxtrots, and Latin dances. They became so popular that in 1908 they set sail for New Orleans for what was to be a six-month tour but which lasted nearly five years. From New Orleans, they traveled by train to New York, where they signed a contract with the William Morris Agency and played in cities across the U.S., and in 1910 went on tour across Europe. Sebastian Hurtado died in 1912, and his son Celso became leader of the group, renaming it the Hurtado Brothers Royal Marimba Band. In 1915, they were the official representatives of the Guatemalan government at the Panama Pacific International Exposition in San Francisco, and it was during this time they made their first recordings for Columbia. Early in 1916, they traveled to Camden, New Jersey to record for the Victor Talking Machine Company, and they appeared in the 1916 Ziegfeld Follies with W.C. Fields, introduced by Master of Ceremonies Will Rogers. By the mid-1920s, the demands of touring and marriages resulted in disbanding of the original group, but each of the brothers continued performing solo or with various ensembles into the late 1940s. There were originally five Hurtado brothers in the band, Vicente, Arnulfo, Celso, Jesus, and Mariano. Now, you may remember that back in 2021 in a Hot Shot segment... I introduced you to a couple of firefighting brothers in our extended family, Philip with the Federal Wildland Fire Service in Oregon, and Joaquin, better known as Kino, with the California Department of Forestry, or CAL FIRE. What I didn't tell you at the time is that they, 
along with their brothers Raphael, Noah, and Benjamin, are the other five Hurtado brothers whose mother is Diane Hurtado. Now, I don't know if they're related to the Guatemala Hurtado Marimba family, but I recently bought a copy of the record which starts off this segment, and after transferring and restoring it, framed and gave it to Diane. So, here for Diane Hurtado and her Hurtado brothers are the other Hurtado brothers playing Diane. Thank you. 
not sure if it refers to Santa Catalina or not. It very well could, since the band was in California around that time. But there you have the Hurtado Brothers Royal Marimba Orchestra of Guatemala with Catalina, composed by Mariano Hurtado. That's from Victor 18095, recorded in New York on April 13, 1916. Before that, Cielo de Guatemala, or Guatemalan Sky, written by Brother Celso Hurtado. This recording was made after the original group had disbanded and is credited as Hurtado Brothers' Royal Marimba Band on Columbia 36355, made November 20, 1935. We started the set with the Hurtado Brothers' Marimba Orchestra and Diane, written by Erno Rappi and Lou Pollock. The label of Columbia 1161-D also gives the alternate title, I'm in heaven when I see you smile, Diane. They tried it on October 8, 1927, but gave up after three takes. They took a break and came back on the 17th and gave it three more shots, issuing take four. The song Diane is heard in the 1927 Janet Gaynor Charles Farrell film, Seventh Heaven, sung by operatic soprano Zari Elmasian. Originally released as a traditional silent film, Seventh Heaven became one of the first feature films with a recorded soundtrack when Fox re-released it utilizing their movie tone, sound-on-film technology. Diane, I hope you and your sons, the Hurtado Brothers, enjoyed that set by the other Hurtado Brothers. Love and best wishes to you all. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>